Welcome to this uh, latest edition of the Progress with Unity podcast. Uh, we're down to Burr Bones tonight, Adam. Yeah, it's me, old Adam, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and old Barry. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, also it's, uh, yeah, quality over quantity. Well, I'm sure that's the case, yeah. The youth team are all missing tonight, aren't they? We've got the old, uh, the old stages in. Yeah, the experienced um, pros. I'm not convinced Paul's at the youth team, to be honest. <laughs> It'd be a ringer, Paul, wouldn't he, in the youth team? Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> I've seen him play. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, this evening's podcast, we're going to look, have a look back at, at a couple of games. Um, there's been a, a statement from the supporters club this week as well, so we'll, we'll have a little chat around that. And we've got something of a massive game to look forward to Uh Renewing all the acquaintances on Sunday in the FA Cup with with Charlie, so we're going to have a look at that. We've got a special guest on, a former Latics player uh, who currently works for Charlie FC. So um, we'll come to that when we come to it. Anyway, uh, last Saturday, Northampton Town were, were at the DW Stadium, uh, and I think it's a game that most, if not all, Latics fans thought that we'd probably have a chance of getting the season back on track with uh, some points. Northampton have been uh, not knocking over any any, uh, any records or any, breaking any pots. Uh, but we found ourselves two goals down at half-time. Was it two goals down at half-time, Adam? Yeah, that's yeah. right, yeah. 2-0 yeah. at half-time, yeah. Yeah, uh, and uh, to be honest, I thought we played pretty poor in the first half. Uh, in fact, it was pull your ear out poor, and then the second half we we stepped up a gear, and we was a totally different team. Uh, the game finished three two, but uh, there was quite I think there was quite a few positives to take out that second half there, Adam. Yeah, first half was awful, probably our worst half of the season really. Um, apart from I think Gardner had a shot, didn't he? Which was a nice nice shot. Um, Keeper saved, but apart from that, nothing going forward. Losing the ball in midfield a lot, um, making it too easy for them to cut through. As you know, the goals were all soft goals again. Um, I mean, the first one, I don't know what quite happened. There. It's clearly a lack of communication. But Thieber, see, your goalkeeper really has got to take everything. If he has to take his own man out, then he takes his own man out. Really, there, he's got to take responsibility. Um, I mean, he's, to, be, to be fair, he's probably kept the score down in that first half, though, as well. That's the frustrating thing about him. He, did, he seems to make one mistake a game, but he also can make two or three great saves uh, in, in the game. So it depends what you want, really, from a goalkeeper. But, yeah, second half, um, I'm sure they got a roller kick because the, the, the pace we were playing at was so slow in the first half. There's nothing, nothing at all. And then they started passing it quicker. And what I start to notice is if we have a few good moves, then the confidence starts growing. And, you know, I thought we worked it well to get the penalty, which Garner put away. And then, just what a poor goal to concede again. Too easy, just break, lost the ball in midfield, broke away. He scuffed his shot, I think, and it went in the corner. But then, character again, you know, we come back again. And I thought that the, that goal was a lovely goal, nice build-up. Uh, great cross and um, wouldn't have expected Tom James to be coming in with the header but and then you know for a game that didn't have any fans and you, it, it was actually I actually really enjoyed the last 10-15 minutes it, you know it felt like 
all that momentum was there and you know we, we, we Cal Joseph coming on and just just hitting uh, the post and yeah I, I was it was nice the last thing that you think of after the game is that we finished well uh, because then you don't feel as negative if the second half had been like the first half then blimey that would have been shocking <laughs> yeah yeah um, it, it, it's I mean, we was it with uh, injuries, weren't we? We had like uh, seven players out with, with Will King going down early doors, um, and all experienced lads as well. And I think that's all with that with the, with the third goal. I mean, it was a really over ambitious pass in midfield uh, that he yeah. that he would give in, and then he. He, I'm not going to name who it was, but we, we probably all know anyway. And, and his exuberance took over, and he, he tried to win the ball back. It was an actual foul he committed on the player, but he, he was out of position then, and we were wide yeah. open. And I think that's what we're lacking. I know, I know, we all want the young lads coming through, and they, they have been playing quite well. But we still need that old head in the that little bit of experience to talk to them in in, in the pivotal positions. For me, straight down the spine of the team. We got Garner up front. Like I said, when Cal Joseph came on uh, later on in the game, he, he, he brought a glimpse with him of, of of what he was going to carry through to the next game, didn't he? He looked. He was a massive bonus for me out of that game. The way he came on and, and linked up well, and uh, like that shot. What the, the, the keeper actually touched it onto the post, didn't he? When we've seen the replays back. It was a great save as well. Uh, he was so unfortunate there, uh, and I think we, you know, with a bit of luck, we've we've unearthed a, uh, another gem. Yeah. I mean, also yeah, we've, we've seen the youth team last season, didn't we? So we knew we knew how how good he was, really. But yeah. uh, it's making that step. Yeah, Sorry, very good play. Yeah. I mean, I was just obviously at the start. There's a few people being critical about Sheridan's selection. Obviously, tried he tried having. Um, James in the centre half didn't he early on with Crankshaw at full back um, and it clearly wasn't working we were getting bullied in there but I, you know, I, sometimes I don't mind it when he admitted he was wrong early and made the change you know because I, I thought he did he handled that big lad quite well Obi when I think he doesn't that, that's not a bad game for him to have you know against that sort of player and Long can be the more sort of sitting behind and sweeping a bit and you know that the, the quicker Centre back probably so yeah I mean I, I think he he, he recognised he'd made a mistake uh, Crankshaw had been booked I think he's struggling out there. he was struggling out there at right back wasn't he he was yeah took him off and hopefully he doesn't I'm sure he I'm sure he's you know for what Andy Liddell was saying last week you know I'm sure he can man manage and hopefully you know Crankshaw doesn't think feel too badly about that because you know it happens you know something and I think probably better than doing that than him getting sent off yeah, know, and, yeah, and yeah. Then pretty much, we're probably we're probably getting done four or five nil, aren't we? If we're down to ten men and two nil down, so yeah, yeah. It was a bit of a. I, I didn't really know where everyone was going to be playing when it came before it kicked off. So, but then again, his his hands are tied very much. Really, there's not that much different that he could have done, is there? Really? No, I mean, I, I know what you're saying. The uh, it's um, yeah, Crankshaw played at right back. He's for me, Danger. Um, Dan, uh, Tom James is wasted as a centre half. I like him. I, I think he's been this season. He's been one of our. For me, he's probably been the most steady player that we've got. So I, I, I really do like Tom James. 
but he's, I much prefer him at right back. He gives us an outlet going forward, uh, and I think he's a bit wasted at centre half. Um, yeah, I like it. The, the, the good thing about him there as well is that well, a lot of right backs they have to get it onto the right foot. Whereas with him, he's got a decent left, so he can actually come onto the left and play that in, more in swinging bowling as well. So it's a good, it's a good threat that really. And you know, we we, we do have sitting midfielders, us really, don't we? I wouldn't say that 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 Mary. I mean, I thought Perry played well actually, particularly second half. I wouldn't say that either of them are going to be the ones who open up teams. You know, they, they kind of sit in the battle. Perry kind of likes picking it up and, you know, passing it, passing it around short and Merry breaks play up and, you know, he does try different things. But I think, like you said before, sometimes, you know, maybe just play the simple ball at times. But that's experience. They'll learn. They'll definitely learn that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough really for them, but they're learning on the job, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, you, you don't you don't usually get you usually get integrated. I mean, even I mean, you look at the talents of um, Joe Gellar, Jensen Weir, you know those those players who you know were. I mean, Weir we only Weir only um, I think he played half a league game for us, and, and Gellar only started one game. So I know that's championship level, but even so, you know you you don't put a lot of your players in do you your youth players in at the same time because it, it, it's just doesn't work does it? It, it, it it's too much learning on the job when points matter you know what I mean so it, there's nothing we can do about it so that's why I stick behind you know stick with them but it, you know it, it's not an ideal situation that you know I, I don't know what the average age of our team's been in the last two games but probably probably close to being our youngest ever league teams I would suggest not far off anyway yeah yeah I'd agree though uh, maybe in the David Law era when they first started breaking through there was a lot of kids broke into the team around that time like about 84 was it 85-ish yeah uh, they, probably, they had a few pros though didn't they like uh, like uh, Barrow was there wasn't he yeah, yeah. Still I remember Jim Steele coming on loan from Oldham uh, I, I think that was about 85-ish and he was he was the he played up front big he was a big donkey, and uh, he, he was like the the experienced lad. Uh, I think with a sixteen-year-old played in that game. He only made a couple of appearances. I can't remember his name now. Um, and he played for us. Uh, we played. Uh, I remember us being on that Elton Wellsby show on Gerald Sinstad on a Sunday. Uh, it might have been Bury. Or uh, anyway, I don't. I don't. I can't recall properly. But we won. We won that game with three goals. Uh, but that that was full of kids. That team. Anyway, uh, Northampton, so, so we finished with Northampton, uh, disappointing to lose that, and uh, stuck us in the bottom four, but we, we had a, a, a chance to redeem against another team struggling down at the bottom on, on, on Tuesday, and I, th- it's a trip that our fans look forward to every season when we're in the same division, going to the seaside to play Blackpool, whether it's in the midst of winter, or spring, or autumn, we go there in our thousands uh, and we love it uh, but unfortunately there was no fans and it, it, again with, with players missing and you saw the line up and you, but I mean for me the, the positive that came out of Tuesday uh, sorry out of Saturday was Carl Joseph who who uh, obviously impressed and he, he started the game didn't he and I, I thought he was uh, I thought he was fantastic actually he was man, man of the match against Blackpool yeah yeah, very good. Yeah, I agree with that. And and to be to be fair, I, th- 
think that I think I'm right in saying that the team that ended the game against Northampton started the game against Blackpool. So, and you know, if 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 anybody's saying that that's not the team they would have picked, then they're not watching. They say I thought I thought that team was almost picked itself after that second half, and good to see that he went with it again. Um, you know, I, and, and I, I do think at times in the game it tweaks a bit. Sometimes you see players moving around a little bit, you know, positions, particularly like. Gardner and uh, Palmer seem. I mean, we've no natural width, have we? Really, no, you no. know, uh, width is the fullbacks, isn't it? Really, yeah. um, you know. So I think I think Palmer and Gardner are probably in there because they're more experienced and they can maybe adapt a bit more. But they're not. You wouldn't say either of them are wingers, would you? No, no. And what, what, what you're saying though, this is the frustrating part of, about not being at the game and watching it live is that you're seeing you're seeing the, the screen and moving about following the ball so you don't see the pattern of play do you? the wide pattern uh, and players moving and, and like and that, blooming direct, that director who, oh. who keeps showing replays when there's a when Atlantic's yeah. throughout the attack and there's a replay of someone passing the ball that's a keeper yeah yeah I know but it's, it's difficult uh, for supporters to get a full a full impression of how the game's going into it and who's moving and who's working hard because you can't really tell because I mean, I, th- I always, when I played football, your hardest work came when you weren't in possession. That's when, you know, or when you d- yourself weren't in possession, I mean, not your team. Because that's when you're doing all your movements, uh, either creating space for other people or finding space for yourself. And if you're not, you, you know... The, if you don't get the ball, then it's not seen, is it, on TV? No, no, no. But then, then, then runs, then runs that, that players make, create that space for, for other players to go, to go into. And like, like you're saying, I mean, um, you know, we've had players who's been slated before because uh, they, they're not on the ball or they, they look like they're making false runs and people saying what what they're doing there. But they do they create space and look for other people to exploit. But you don't get to see that on the screen, and that that's been a frustration of of all this for me. Not not as well as not getting the atmosphere and all the rest of it. But yeah, you not can't get a true perspective, can you, of the game? Really? No. You know, uh, I mean, some some of the ones in the Premier League, you, I think you can you can get different angles, can't you? And more innovation. But obviously, for hours, it's just literally yeah. stand there with a the camera and someone's someone's following ball. Really, isn't it? yeah, yeah. It's just like a. Uh, the wedding video man isn't it you know one camera and away he goes uh, but again I, I, we got done with a bit of a soft goal again once you know uh, it's yeah, I, I, I couldn't point a finger at anybody by surprise. Uh, I, I missed it uh, well, I saw a replay of it but I actually missed it it was uh, making me brew and I don't know what happened uh, I think it was replying to some messages or something on the first half and I I got back there and uh, we were one nil down. I thought, oh, God, yeah. I was so positive after the first half. You know, that's why I was sending all the messages. I thought, great, great first half. Without having loads of chances, but I thought probably this season it's the most we've controlled the game. I think mm. they always leave dangerous on break. I have to admit, but I thought we were controlling it, playing some lovely football and getting into some good positions. It came with the final ball let us down, didn't it? But we yeah. did create two or three decent chances. Garner had one, didn't he? And uh, Joseph had one. He hit the post again. It was almost a carbon copy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Night. Yeah, yeah. And, and I thought the two centre-backs caught well with uh, Medina as well because he's been around, hasn't he? He's played at top level in Championship. Uh, he, just... he went to, uh, after that decent spell he had at Bolton, he went, went on to uh, Cardiff mm. 
the top of the top end of the championship for a decent amount of money. Yeah, yeah. Well, so didn't they get promoted? Did they get promoted yeah, that season? I don't, I don't think he got. I don't know if he got Premier League. Uh, if, he, if he moved again after that, I can't remember. But he, um, you know what I mean. He's an experienced striker. I'd forgotten they'd signed him when I when I noticed him on the pitch. I'm thinking, what the heck? I think, <laughs> for this level, and he's up against our young lads. Yeah. But I think they've learned because if you look at it, uh, first game of the season, uh, Chad Evans bullied them. You know, they didn't know what they were doing against Chet Evans. Where I, I thought last night, you know, similar, similar sort of, you know, what wily old fox of a striker, a bit like we've got with Garner. Um, it, you know, they, I thought they played him very, very well. Yeah. You know, I thought I was, I was very impressed by the, the two centre backs last night. Actually, I thought, thought they, they played really well. Yeah, yeah. There was just a couple of occasions where that, I mean, Blackpool missed an absolute sitter in in uh, oh. the first half, an absolute sitter. Uh, but but apart from that, I thought I thought we uh, we defended quite well. Um, and yeah. Again, unfortunate to come away with all points. Very frustrating. Uh, yeah, the miss, just missing. You look at that team and you don't think, even though the football's good that we're playing um, and we're working the positions, you don't really ever think that we're going to score a lot of goals. I know we had that game, but that, that Liverpool game was against. Young players who were, you know, they were naive themselves, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, against experienced defenders, there's just, I don't know, jo- Joseph might be the one because he's the only one I've seen so far who seems to have space in the box. You know, if you look at the opposition players who've played against us, and I know this could be partly due to the defending, but they, they seem to find space in the box, you know, the, you know, to, the, that, uh, that guy in particular for, Charlton, I think it was. Uh, was it Charlton? Who, who was the one? Who was the uh, no Peterborough? Clark Harris. That's oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that game. He, he was always in space. He always yeah. seemed to be in space in the box. And to what we we don't seem to have those chances. But last night, I don't know if it was his movement or his quick feet as well, Joseph. You know that, that one in the second half kind of switched. Switched it quickly, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. To his left and was very, very unlucky with it. I think <laughs> he did it too well, really. <laughs> he the keeper. When you look at him, he's got all the attributes. He's, he's, he's got pace. He's aggressive. He's loads of movement. He's bags of energy. Got good feet, and uh, and he can hit the target. Um, well, one thing to me is what I, what I don't. It's I suppose that's the life of a football manager, though, isn't it? Really, that he's. You know, there's been games, I mean, a lot of games this year we've been losing. And he's been on the bench, I think, every game, pretty much. And he's not been thrown on until that game the other day. Now, it, why would that be? What, what would be the, what would be the issue with throwing a, if you're losing, what would be the issue of throwing on a, a young strike with ten minutes to go? Yeah, he's tending to put Crankshaw on answer, who again is like, he's got all that sort of energy. And, and uh, closing down players. That he's he's the one who's been coming on late in games. Uh, maybe he thought Crankshaw a little bit more energy, and that's you know that was the way to go. But out of the two, I don't like you know singling out players. But I thought I th- for me Joseph is the better player. Um, I like them both to be fair. Well, the, the forward players I've seen so far playing first team football. I would say he, he's looked the best out of all of the, the forward-thinking players. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, it's hard to judge. It's hard to say. Well, because I think I think Long, you'd say Long, Mary and Perry, in terms of what they've contributed this season, have obviously been very good in terms of what what they've had to do to step up. And, and Orbit, you know, he, he disappeared for a few games, didn't he? After that, he had a bit of a bad game at Ipswich, I think it was, wasn't it? It was out of position, though, yeah. wasn't it? He he obviously yeah, he's not a right back, is he? No, definitely oh, not. No, oh. and you know he had a he had a bit of a obviously a gap, but yeah. in terms of the players like um, Asgard, um, obviously we've seen Charlie Jolly. He did all right, didn't he? And yeah, I remember has he has he been on this year, Charlie Jolly? He played against Liverpool, didn't he? That's that was the game he played in. Um, yeah, he's uh, been on it league. I can't remember if he's been brought on or not. Did, did he come on in one own game? I can't remember who it is. I think he came on in an own game. He's not made a start yet, has he? No. no, he's definitely not started. No, so but you know, Joseph's Joseph's coming in, and he's he's a, he's kind of a year behind Joey as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, here's a question for you: Of the players we've got out injured, if you could bring one player back to play in his own position in the team, but you go with Tuesday night starting eleven, but you can bring one player into that. Who would you bring in, and why? Yeah, I'd agree 100%. I'd, I'd bring Cal in, uh, and, and I'd want him, uh, anywhere across the, across, just be, be at, just, it, like an attacking midfield, uh, position. Yeah. Well, any, anywhere across the pitch. Uh, he's. Well, what, about, what about another slightly different question? But let's say, let's say you had a full team, a full squad. <laughs> 
which one of them would you t- which players would you take out oh then that's, that's you know uh, it, that's a terrible question that because um even though we're bottom of the league, which I was going to mention later on, but we're bottom of the league, I still think they're all heroes. They've all, they've all, they leave nothing, they leave nothing. They come off the pitch having given 100%. Who would I leave out? Um, I'm not going to say because. Well, maybe, maybe look at who you would come in, maybe look at who you would bring in, and then you, you don't necessarily have to say who you're leaving out as such. Yeah, well, I'd bring in uh, Evans, Massey, uh, Naismith. Osaba <laughs> that's four uh, let's think uh, one of the centre backs yeah yeah which Jones. one I, I'm not sure which one I, I bring in of them two to be honest uh, Jill's more experienced though isn't it who is Flint Flint Till Till's more Sorry, experienced yeah, isn't yeah, it yeah yeah probably probably yeah probably bring him in um, yeah the both well, it's, it's not if, if you actually look at a full a full squad it's it's not actually that bad a squad given given the fact we've lost 14 of our best players no 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 you know no. what I mean I mean if yeah. you said to anyone else right take your 14 best players out and, and, and what's left over is basically a couple of loans your youth team and, and players that in essence nobody wants mm. and I actually think they've done he's done alright I think he's he's put a put a decent squad in there'll be nobody who's having as bad luck as us in, in injury terms I'm sure of it you know and that, that's why for me I, I I genuinely think that that this is a false position for us I, I don't honestly, I, I think we I agree with what you said before if we still have a club at the end of the season it's great but I actually think this squad for me is good enough to stay in this division I, I personally think anyway well that's all so um on Tuesday we played at Blackpool and we played in our black kit which uh, went on sale this week on Monday, uh, 45 quid uh, very attractive looking kit um, all, every penny of that goes back into the club uh, so, uh, you know uh, I was talking to the the guy in the shop the other week, uh, last week and he said that uh, they can't get stock quick enough so uh, it's come, it, they're getting it in and it's been sold straight away so get yourself a new Latix away so I think they'll look smart those, those away tops though Adam black, 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 ten, black, ten, black tends to be better with the weight does it as well with it the what? It, it's, better than, it's better than a white one I think certainly mm. you know I don't know it just, I, don't, I think I look a bit thinner in black yeah it's better, I'll tell you what it is better than it's better than the yellow one the yellow away kit <laughs> yeah, it's a lot better. It's a lot better than that. Yeah, we didn't that one very often. No. I, th- I, th- I think the affinity with this black kit, though, is, is no, is, is through the FA Cup final. You know, we we played in in black and we won the FA Cup. But again, uh, I thought that red kit we played in the semi final was quite smart as well. When we did well, the, red, the, the red, the red ones for me, the two reds that I can remember were that one semi final and uh, Nathan Ellington's goal at QPR. In the league uh, division two championship hundred point season, when it kind of just went in on his, off his shoulder. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. and then there's so the, like about three three thousand Wiganers behind goal. There's the Roma kit as well, which was the uh, when we had the Inter Milan home kit, we had the Roma away kit. I don't know if you remember that. Neil Rimmers yeah, famously uh, photographed uh, in it. Ninety ninety three, ninety four, that that era. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was round then. Yeah. 
That's just... Gillespie here. I, I can see Keith Gillespie running through everybody with that blue kit on. Yeah, and Greg Strong as well. He, he was... Uh, he was the next big thing, weren't he? Well, he weren't, but he was supposed to uh, be. Yeah, went to my went to my school, Greg Strong. Did he? And then he went went off to Bolton. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Right, um, supporters club statements, Adam. Uh, this week uh, things have been moving forward with the uh, the new owners, potential new owners, shall we say? Um, been speaking to the EFL, and uh, the supporters club have made a statement. Uh, I'll not read it all out because it's quite long but uh, there was a couple of really interesting things in there uh, where they're talking about, about uh, they've been offered, we've been offered um, 4% share in the club for £800,000 uh, and the club's being bought for three, just over £3 million. so uh, it doesn't seem... <laughs> No, mathematically that doesn't seem quite right. No. It? I mean, I know it's probably not going to be exact in terms of the exact proportion of what it is, but it's got to be more than 4%, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, the supporters' club statement is saying that at this moment, moment in time, they're not, they're, not, uh, they're not going to put that money up front, uh, because they're saying they have to ensure that the supporters' money receive fair value. So obviously we said there about 800 grand and 4%, it doesn't quite work out. We must be sure that the proposed bidders have the wherewithal to purchase and fund the operations of the club. So that's not just buying it, it's going forward over the next two seasons with running costs. And stadium successfully, independently of our funds based on an acceptable financial forecast. And then they go on to say, only when we can be sure beyond reasonable doubt that it will be for the benefit of our football club going forward will we be able to invest the funds correctly. So uh, I agree with what, I mean, it's, it's online, it's on, on the Supporters Club website, the full statement. Uh, but I, I agree with the principle of that. They, they can't go throwing that money around. It's, it's uh, the, the, the custodians of that money for, for all the supporters. I mean, uh, I know I've put some money in. I know lots of people put money in. People can't afford it, and they have done. All the people. Progress with the Unity podcast put a grand in. Yeah, yeah, they have. Yeah, and individually we've 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 done yeah. so as well. Um, and it's just, I, I I'm just up one hundred percent behind them. Uh, if, if Mr. Garrido and his, his chums have, haven't got the money to buy the club, then uh, the, you know that's not what what it's there for. That that is it's there for us. No, for, it never was. And no. it, it would have if that was the case, then it would have it would have been collected under false pretenses because that's what it was said. It, it's not there. And for me, it was twofold: one, moving forward to get a stake in the club, or two, to have have that backup in the worst case scenario that we, we kind of end up going Phoenix Club route type thing really because you know that would be one hell of a start for a Phoenix Club to have that amount of money that is way beyond what most teams would have so football would still be in Wigan what form it would be in who knows so that was the that was the main reason for it and then yeah I mean the, the first point clearly the, the, the 
percentage of the stake is, is way too low. The second points that they made were, for me, EFL questions. You know, the EFL, I've got to look at that and see, have they got the proof of funding? Can they, can they buy the club without the supporters on it? And then can they prove the proof of funding? Uh, without the um, supporters' money, and then kind of linked to that anyway, is that they're saying that they have to be beyond reasonable doubt. So they're actually subjecting something there to a, a the same standard of convicting someone for a murder, isn't it? So they've got to be pretty sure that that this this is right in terms of that that money. And actually, you'd probably say that at least the supporters' club in the protection of that money can hold them to a higher standard than the Football League can, you know, which, which at least in terms of looking after that money, uh, they're not going to just let it get frittered away. And I, I think um, they've got to be applauded there for being responsible because I think they were put under a bit of time pressure, um, you know, with this meeting coming up on Thursday, getting the paperwork in yesterday as it stands, which would be Tuesday. Yeah. Um, well, they said... Yeah, I, 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 there's nothing in that statement at all that... That I don't agree with, and that you know, I'm, I'm not saying the supporters' club is is ever beyond criticism. No, no, no entity is. This podcast is not beyond criticism. <laughs> but you know, most of the things that they've done, if not all of the things in relation to this um, this administration, for me, should be should, should be applauded. And you know, I think that they, they put the statements out when they need to be. You know, there's people going on about, oh, we never hear from the supporters' club. What do they want? What? What, what do people actually want to hear from them? Yeah. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? What, if they haven't got any information, what, what do they want to, what do they want to hear? You know, they've come out at all the important times and public statements, so I don't really know what, what more people want from them. And there's some things that they can't say because of the uh, non-disclosure agreement. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they had, they had the initial meeting on Thursday the 29th of October, last, last Thursday. And, uh, they were told on Monday this week that a final decision uh, had to be made regarding that investment no later than 12 noon on the Tuesday. So they're given no time there. You know, I mean, because they've all got jobs. They, you know, they're not they're not full time committee members. Um, so they was given like an evening to. Uh, so they said the timescales have not been uh, sufficient enough to enable them to investigate the outcomes of, of that meeting and to all proper discussions which is, is correct so like you said before it was uh, rather an unfair timescale that really and I don't know who's imposed that whether it's the EFL or whether it was the uh, the, 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 the bidders I don't know if they've put that because it doesn't say well, I'd, be, I'd be amazed if the supporters club didn't want a meeting earlier um, because you know they would have known where the timelines were roughly as well you know because we were kind of told, weren't we, that the papers would be with the EFL sort of the end of October, uh, and then and then from there, this you could say it can be anything up to three weeks, can't it, before yeah. a decision? But I, th- I think they're looking to move it on quicker, a lot quicker than that, because you know, again, we're into another month, and where's our funding coming from? Yeah, who's paying the bills? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, and if it all just uh, fall away, and the uh, the Spanish bidders. For whatever reason, don't don't end up buying the club. There are other people waiting in the wings. Uh, there's been a bit out today. At least, and Andy's met with uh, some. Who she said that, that they're waiting. There was uh, people named at the weekend. Uh, Ray Ranson, 
who tried to buy Man City yeah. and Aston Villa in the past for, for large sums of money. Uh, he's a local guy from St. Helens. And he's been linked with with um, Darren Royal, aren't he? It's like a bit of a consortium. Yeah. And apparently they, they were at the game on on Saturday, the Northampton game. Which yeah, is, it might just have been a... I mean, people are saying, why wasn't this done earlier? But if... if let's just say if. It's a, we don't know exactly. But let's say if Darren Royal was was the one who was behind it, he would have then had to have gone and found his... presumably found his investors, you know, because... I suspect he's not going to be in a position himself to, 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 to fund that. So sometimes it can take a bit of getting together, can't it, a consortium. So it looks to me like the the Spanish just were ready to go. You know, they, they the administrators were confident that they were they paid the deposit. And, you, you know, you can't criticise the administrators because through the process they get... People were criticising them for turning down bids. <laughs> so, if someone's met the asking price, then you can't sit on it and wait for something better to come along because it might never come along. Mm. Yeah. So I, I thought I think on that term, there's not really a lot you can say about the administrators. That it's now over to the EFL to see whether, in reality, do they have do they have the funding and are the people behind it um, not subject to criminal convictions or insolvency events I guess that's all all we can say now really isn't it yeah 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 it is I think we should leave it there and move on to what I've been uh, excited about all week <laughs> Sunday Charlie Charlie are in town FA Cup uh, first round what a tie this is going to be but uh, what a shame that there's going to be no speckies there I mean it's it's uh, yeah. Heartbreaking, in it. Tinged with a bit of sadness, that. Well, a lot of sadness, yeah. isn't it? It's heartbreaking. Um, I'll just run through the, uh, the stats. First of all, we've got, uh, Martin Coy, the referee from Durham. Six games, 18 yellows and one red. If his name is f- familiar, it's because he's already refed us once this, once this season. That was away at Crew. So he was the ref at Crew when we played that game. Now, I don't think we've had a good ref this season, so uh, if you're wondering if he was one of the bad ones, he wasn't the guy at Charlton, he was absolutely awful, but I don't, I, I, there's been no good refs this, this season. So Martin Coy. That one out of that home match, you know, that lost control of the players as well, I can't remember, it was that Plymouth game. Plymouth, yeah, that was Plymouth. Um, right, we've played Charlie numerous times during the season, uh, throughout the seasons, so all I've done is looked at the... Um, FA Cup games we've played them we've played nine times that's including replays that because we've had two draws uh, of those nine games uh, we've won five drawn two and lost two so they've actually beat knocked us out of the cup twice in, in seven games in seven times have they, have they ever played them um, actually in the first round proper or have they no. always been qualifying they've always been qualifying games yeah uh, we've played them in the first qualifying the second the third and the fourth so we've played them all through the range of qualifying there's been some big victories we beat them a lot because we we had a lot of um big cup matches and non-league sign i mean obviously i've also been looking at that as a historian rather than actually being there because it's probably one of the few clubs a few ties that you can talk to me about where i've got no experience whatsoever no, the, the, I didn't even go to the fo- I didn't even go to the fourteen nil friendly win. <laughs> <laughs> well, they actually, they've actually put five pastors on a couple of occasions as well, 
uh, we've done them with five. So there's been big scores, uh, big scores down the years. And the first time we played it was 1935, as as Wigan Athletic. That's the first time we crossed swords. Did you, uh, did, did you enjoy that game? Right? It, it was good. Yeah, I had a bovril at half time. Uh, I, I had uh, my muffler on. My flat cap and my whip it with me. Yeah, and a copy of Daily Mirror. You're just getting worried about that dictator in over in Germany, weren't you? Though? Well, we were, we were talking about him. Yeah, he was like, uh, yeah, we were. It's, we were like, talk- it's, it's like history's repeated itself now, isn't oh, it? God, yeah. Well, is it ever? Is it ever? Uh, right then, have we got an Adam mask? Have yeah, we? With, with, with the, uh, thanks, thanks to uh, Sai for his assistance on this one, but he's managed to get me uh, in contact with uh, actually a former Latics player, uh, Ben Kay, who is uh, now the Trolley uh, Giants person, still a fan of Wigan Athletic, but obviously employed by Trolley. Hi everyone, Ben Kay here. Charlie Groundsman and Wigan Athletic supporter. So, how have Charlie been doing so far this year? We're currently sat second from bottom on one point after our goalless draw up at Bradford Park Avenue on Saturday. Saying that, it could have been a different story. Should have two call three points as we missed a penalty and the Bradford goalkeeper should have got sent off. Previous to that, we've lost our first four league games. Um, is this a fair reflection? I probably won't say so. Um, we're creating chances, we're dominating games, but as in previous season, our problem has been scoring goals. We've only scored two league goals this season, and they both come from the penalty spot via Lewis Riley, who I think is on four goals, and every goal he has scored so far has been a penalty. Little bit different in the FA Cup as we face two National North rivals in Gateshead and York City. We beat Gateshead first game of the season 2-1, a Cardwell header and a Riley penalty. Um, earned us a home draw against York and again a, a Riley penalty saw us go through and has set up the third round, uh, the first round tie with Wigan Athletic away. I think last year the whole club was a little disappointed how the season went. I think we all thought that we would have a good enough squad to at least to be comfortable and be mid-table. I mean, um, a win early on in the season would have been absolutely massive for us, but I think it took took to about the 10th game of the season when we actually recorded our first three points when we beat Stockport 3-0 at home. Um, we was always there thereabouts in games. I mean, I think we had a bit of a battering against Solihull at home. I think it was 6-1. But it was only one goal ever, really, in the games and that. Um, so after spending last year in the National Conference, I think a lot of people would have thought we'd have been up and up in the, in the top half of the Conference North and starting well. But when you look at the calibre teams we're playing, I mean, we've already played um, York and Gloucester in the league and Kidderminster. And you're talking ex-professional football clubs that are still running as a professional football team. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those. I think with the new squad, a couple more weeks, the lads gel a bit more. And I think once we get that first win, we'll start winning games and that. I think two plays to look out for on Sunday for Charlie would be will be our main centre-forward, Harry Cardwell. Recently signed him from Grimsby in the summer. Um, we had him on loan last year and he managed. He only managed to play one game. Well, 20 minutes really. 
up up at Aldershot where he tore his hamstring after he'd scored his first goal for the club. So yeah, so big H should be one. Um Big old school centre forward, range six foot three. I'd, I'd imagine about 13, 14 stone. Technically very good. Eye for goal, wins his headers, and holds the ball up for us. The second one would be um, Elliot Newby for me. Little intricate player, small, quick, pacey. Likes to run at defenders, get the ball in the box, has a trick or two, and likes to make things happen. So, my favourite Charlie FA Cup game. Well, to be honest, I've not really had that many. I think we've only had five or six. But it would be Barrow at home two years ago. Um, Barrow weren't really doing that well in the National Conference. But they came to Victory Park, brought about five, six hundred and went 2-0 up before half-time. Um, Charlie managed to win that game 3-2, scoring three goals in the um, in the second half. Marcus Carver scored, at which I remember him running in front of the Barrow fans celebrating and a few coins were thrown, etc. But I think it was because uh, I think he was a former player or something. But yeah, that would be my uh, my favourite Charlie game. Um, probably the biggest game we played, which I've been involved in, was the Doncaster one. Um, after we beat Barrow, we drew Doncaster in the FA Cup first round. Um, that finished 2-2 and was live on BBC. And then we, I think we lost a replay 7-0, which uh, was a bit disappointing. But again, another brilliant experience. So my prediction for Sunday is going to be a Charlie win. Obviously, being a Wigan Athletic supporter, this is very difficult. But I've got to go with the people that employ me. So I'm going to go for a Charlie 1-0 win. And I'm also going to go for a Harry Cardwell winner. Oh, that was very good, weren't it? Yeah. A little fact about Ben. Uh, I used to play football with his dad, Paul, or as we as were known back in the day, KK, uh, ex, ex Whitley High School lad, uh, absolutely cracking football player, centre forward, superb, a lovely fella, and Ben's the spitting image of his dad. So, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Harry Cardwell. Sounds like a bit of a beast, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a six foot three striker. Um, Banging in the goals. 14. Even in the side that's not been doing that well, so. 14 stone, yeah, Adam. Nearly, nearly the same weight as. 14 stone, nearly the same weight as you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I've not weighed myself for a while since this injury. I think I could, I think I could be maybe back up around the 15 mark. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, I've, I've lost, I've lost quite a bit with the old COVID, so I'm, I'm, I'm feeling. Yeah, yeah I've had to, to be honest, I'm not really, I don't really fancy uh, everyone who's told me about COVID has said they've lost a lot of weight, but I think there's, there's much better ways of losing oh. weight. Oh, my God, there is, yeah, there is indeed, yeah. So he's gone for a 1-0, he's gone for a 1-0 away win, even though he's a Lassix fan. Yeah, well, I think I've, I've noticed recently that a lot of uh, Lassix fans have been quite pessimistic about <laughs> results, so uh, there are quite a few people cashing in on the... Kieran Crompton prediction league with uh, predicting Latix defeat so I find it very very difficult to oh. predict even when money's at stake I find it difficult to predict the Latix defeat sometimes you've just got to hold your breath and do it haven't you if there's money at stake well one of the listeners to the po- podcast uh, Eric who was on my birthday is uh, his, his brother is sadly not with us now Jack he used to always uh, put jinx bets on Wigan 
he'd, uh, so he'd always back the opposition. So he said he can't lose. He said if, <laughs> if Latics lose, he wins. And if his bet loses, Latics win. So <laughs> maybe I should start doing jinx bets. Yeah, that's a good way to go. That's a good way to go. Right, so how do we think uh, this game's going to go and what's the lineup's going to be? Um, I, 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 I go on. Go on, Larry. Well, I was. I, I, I can see a change uh, in, in, in uh, a position. I think Owen Evans will start this game. We'll, we'll get a look at Owen Evans. Um, I'd like yeah. him to start it, to be honest. I'd like to see Owen Evans. Uh, yeah. And I think there might be one or two others uh, given a rest. Uh, I don't think they'll bring Gendo. I can't see Garner playing. I don't think Garner will play. No, I think um, Joseph and Jolly up front. Yeah, I would say so. I think I think gotta look after Garner because I think if we lose him, I mean he he is everything up from you know some of those headers that we never said before. But last night, how many headers did oh, he win? Fantastic, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think we'll see probably maybe some of the younger players who are in the team reverting to the bench, um, and I think we might see um, Asgard or Cranshaw. Um, Pretty much swapping. I, I think there'll be a bit of a swapping of the bench for the for the players who start. Garner will, may stay on the bench, you know, just just to keep player player back if necessary. But yeah, give Jolly, Jolly and Joseph a run up front. Uh, Asgard, who you know, he's shown some nice touches. A bit naive, isn't he? Loses, he loses the ball in some areas that. But I I know he's not clearly not in the same league as him. But I, I remember Gaza making his England debut and he got caught in possession in his own penalty box trying to do a double drag back so <laughs> you know it, you can't knock them too much if they've got the skill but maybe try and encourage them to do it further up the pitch um, I don't know about the centre arse because to be honest I've no idea apart from the likes of Carragher and the other guy who I personally think not quite ready yet I don't really know any other centre backs who've got in the club who are fit yeah, so yeah. I think I think those two are probably going to have to play, aren't they? Yeah, and, and I, I, I think we have to give the FA Cup some respect because we're former winners, aren't we? Not too long ago, so yeah. I, I'd hate to the see finances us. Finances as well. The finances, you know, you progress, yeah. you, you get more money, don't you? Yeah, you do. Yeah, and I, I'd hate to see us put put basically a youth team out. I know it is a youth team, but if you know, you know what I'm saying. You know, just yeah. Um, yeah, look look at look after a couple of players. I think uh, like like your Garners. Um, I mean, we might you don't know we might have uh, one or, one or two of the more experienced players, and it might not be bad to get them back involved and getting a bit of match fitness uh, possibly. But it depends what type of injuries they've had and how risky it is. If someone's done a hamstring, you won't go fifty fifty, would you, with a hamstring in a in a match against Charlie? No, no. no. Charlie, like you know, they've obviously had a good thing, but you know, we should still be able to put top class uh, academy strong under twenty three players out. You know, they are professional footballers. Remember, ahead of the day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, 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 yeah, they, they, probably earlier than you would think, but you know, we're playing against a semi professional team, so you know, we train every day. We should be fitter. We should be. We should be uh, strong. And yeah, I think I think that, I think there'll just be enough quality for us. I, I'm going to go for a. Uh, are we going to keep a clean sheet? Yeah, go on. We'll have a clean sheet. Two nil. Two nil. Two nil. Yeah, I, I was just thinking with with us both being bottom of the table clubs, 
you know Charlie, like Ben said Charlie sat at the bottom with one point this season they struggled to score goals uh, apart from in the FA Cup when he said they've, they've been uh, scoring for fun um, uh, but it's, they sound like a team like us lacking a bit of confidence uh, I, I think it's, it's, it's important it means a lot to Wigan Athletic at the FA Cup um, I think we'll go for the win uh, team changes I'm not so sure if there'll be wholesale changes um, I won't uh, Garner yeah I, I, I see Jolly and, and uh, Joseph playing up front together uh, maybe Crankshaw wide right as well I'm going to go 3-1 Latics win possibly him as well maybe you know the, it might be worth a little go on the bench you know uh, Sean McGurk Costello is it Oh yeah, yeah. What about Sean McGurk? Do you think he scores? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's uh, how old is he? Yeah, I, like, I like him as a. I mean, he, he stood out for me in that youth team last year. Oh, yeah. Alfie Divine, obviously, but but McGurk was very good. You know, because probably more than Weir for me. I, I thought obviously Gellart was the best by a mile, but the um, Divine and McGurk. You know, I didn't really know anything of them until last season, and I thought they were they were superb in those matches against good, you know, good quality European recognised academy players. You know, like Tottenham and Man United. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It'd be nice to see maybe one of them having a go. Yeah, I'd uh, like to see Beningham, maybe. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's not he's had a game, hasn't he? He's had a couple of sub appearances. Not really got got involved in the matches, so. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Right, well, I think that's us done tonight, Adam. We've yeah, it's all done, we're all talked out, there's only so much you can talk about with two of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're a bit like Smith and Jones. Mel Smith yeah. and uh, Griffiths Jones, if you remember. The, the, last, the, the last time we did one of these was when you were doing your specials in the, in the summer when we were having the interviews with uh, players and we just... Uh, you know, you'd, we only had one contributor every week, didn't we? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, they're still up there on our podcast uh, homepage, so if anybody wants to revisit them, we've got Gary Roberts on there. Right, okay, so we'll knock right. it on the head there. So good night from me. It's a good night from me as well. Good night. Good night.